Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Bay Takes Podcast. My name is Mikey. And I'm Gus. And today we've got two awesome segments for you guys. First, we'll be doing Take It or Leave It with some hot takes and telling you guys which ones we think are hot and which ones you think are not. Are we taking them? Are we leaving them? And then after that, we are also going to talk about the NFL Week 3. We're going to give our game picks for each game pretty quickly, some cool analysis. Hopefully we can bounce back from what was a terrible Week 2. It was really bad. You admit it, Mikey. It was pretty bad. Yeah, there was a lot of upsets in week two, and unfortunately, Gus and I went chalk uh, for most of the games, and this week we do not plan on doing that because the NFL clearly does not like losing money, or I guess Vegas does not like losing money. So they like taking these Jaguars and Lions and Giants to win these games. So um, I don't think that's going to continue anymore as much as it has in the first couple of weeks, but um, yeah, let's get into these hot takes. So the segment's called Take It or Leave It. So, Gus, take it or leave it. Nick Chubb is the best running back in the NFL. I'm taking it. I have to take it. He's been the most consistent, and just consistency is so important at the running back position. Obviously, you want big boom weeks like someone like Saquon Barkley has, and he Nick Chubb might not be as dynamic as those guys uh, in a sense, but I do believe that we always look for reasons to pick Taylor or pick Henry, or pick McCaffrey. And as much as I love those guys, and I won't get mad at you if you're saying that any of them is the best running back, um, I think it's Nick Chubb because there's no reason it's not Nick Chubb. He is probably the best pure runner in the league. Of course, he's not a huge receiver, but I think his biggest competition is Jonathan Taylor. And I think he's a better pure runner than Jonathan Taylor is, although I think in a year or so, it'll be Jonathan Taylor, clearly. And Taylor's stats are better, but Chubb is consistently averaging five plus yards per carry and the Browns obviously want to conserve him. So they use him and Kareem Hunt who are both really good, but I'm taking it. I think Nick Chubb is the best running back in the league. I'm leaving it. I think Nick Chubb is the best runner in the league, but I think that his, that there's other backs that can do similar things to him on the running side of the ball while also being elite pass pass catchers. These guys include um, Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley. um, And I think those other guys I think they beat him out just because they can run the ball really, really efficiently and really well, by the way, with having a significantly worse offensive line. And they can also catch the ball really well. Um, Don't hate Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb's amazing. Um, And Nick Chubb has obviously scored a bunch of touchdowns this year. He's looked great. But despite him having an amazing season on the ground, I do like these other guys because they have – they have expanded roles. And sure, you may say that's because Kareem Hunt is there. 
Um, but he hasn't been that great at catching the ball anyways. Um, so when he has been targeted, so I like those other guys a little bit more, um, despite Nick Chubb having such an amazing season to start. Um, let's move on to the next take. Take it or leave it. The Jags will win the AFC South. I'm leaving it. I don't want to leave it. I really love the Jaguars story and the turnaround that they've had. I know they're only one and one, but boy, they've looked so much better. I see that there's a path to them doing it, but I just can't rule out the Colts. And I know the Titans have been really bad too, uh, but I would still think the Colts are going to win this division. They're only a half game behind the Jaguars who I know just shut them out, but I feel like the Colts have to find a way. And I think they will find a way eventually. It might be like a nine and eight Colts team, uh, but I just, oh, it hurts me, but I, I'm leaving it. I'm leaving it. Yeah, I'm leaving it too. Um, I think the Colts have dealt with a ton of injuries um, with both their wide, uh, yeah, wide receivers, Alec Pierce, and their um, new star, Michael Pittman. I think that they were injured last game. They couldn't get their offense going because they knew that the the Colts would be running the ball, although they didn't run the ball, which is weird. Um, so I I think they have a little bit of coaching issues. Um, and, you know, they also have injuries on the defensive side. Um, I don't think Darius Leonard played the last game or has played it all this year. So I don't really, like, want to think too hard about that Jacksonville game. And even, even if the Colts were – Let's say they were at full strength and they lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I still think the Colts are a better team. They're significantly more talented almost all the way through. I think Matt Ryan, I don't think of him that much differently than I did to start the year. And, you know, guys like Derek Carr starting off really rough, Joe Burrow starting really rough, but we're not hating on them. Um, so a guy who lost his top two receivers last week, I don't want to hate, hate them too much. I think the Colts are going to win the division. And as much as – a breakout from Trevor Lawrence um, might happen and maybe even is happening right now. I think overall the Colts roster is a lot better. All right, now let's move to um, our third hot take, which is that Cooper Cup is the best wide receiver in the NFL. This has got to be the hardest decision I've, I've made in my life. You have on one hand – the fact that he is in the slot and the fact that that fundamentally changes the way he has to play. And then I feel like a lot of his production comes on, you know, plays that are not um, as difficult as lining up on the outside. But you and I had an interesting discussion off the podcast, off record, about how, like, why can't those guys also just play in the slot and produce? And I understand that Cooper Cup, a lot of his production is in the slot. It's not going to be as impressive. If he was doing this on the outside, there would not be a single question, let's be honest. Um, but there is a question. Um, I think that Devontae Adams is a better, pure player. So I will say, leave it. I'm leaving it. But it's the hardest decision I've ever had to make in my life because he's easily the most productive. And there's, again, the same thing with Nick Chubb is that there's no reason that it shouldn't be him. Like, there's really no nothing you could say about Cooper Cup that's like, this is why he isn't. So I will go Devontae Adams, so I'll say leave it, but I don't want to. I'm going to take it. I think Cooper Cup does everything well, and he would have to do something really bad to prove me to me why he's not the best wide receiver in the NFL. Because he's been doing it every single game the past last year and the start this year. He's easily the most productive wide receiver this year. I mean, I guess Stephon Diggs is having a little bit of a better season. 
um, despite, you know, Gabriel Davis not playing last game, so he went off. Um, and also him having a better quarterback. But anyways, he's putting up all of these numbers with a guy that has an injured elbow and obviously looked terrible in the first game. And Cooper Cup was still super productive. And I think that this argument that, like, yeah, he plays in the slot, yada, yada, yada. He's still a wide receiver, right? If we're just comparing wide receivers, sure, like, talent-wise. But, like, what else can we go off of, right? We have to go by production because what else is there to go off of? Like, yeah, like, they're – their speed metrics and they're going up to get it about I don't really care if they're producing more than everybody else by a mile I think that we should regard Cooper Cup as the best wide receiver in football and I think that um if I don't know I think he showed it on the biggest stage he did it in every single scenario that they could have asked him to do he won them that Bucks game he won them the Super Bowl so I have Cooper Cup as the best wide receiver in football you make Mark a really good Justin Jefferson are really good though <laughs> make a really compelling and Tyreek Hill I think is in that conversation yeah sure yeah um and I think Diggs is kind of catching in there as well just the way he's played this season I yeah think it's the hardest debate in, in the NFL right now is, is who the best wide receiver is because, and he, because it's so talented you go to like number 15 number 18 number 20 but all of these guys are could be wide receiver high-end wide receiver ones um maybe with a better quarterback or a slightly different situation they all have the talent to do that um and I think there's not a huge gap between like six and like 20 all of those guys are really good um but yeah maybe that's a good conversation for a different day now let's go to the next hot take take it or leave it micah parsons is the best defensive player in football this season yes but i'm leaving it purely because aaron donald has done way too much to not be considered the best defensive player in the nfl at this moment um, and Miles Garrett, I would also say, and like TJ Watt, those are guys that you could say. And I feel like if it's not definitive, I'm not going to say take it. So I'm leaving it, but this season and just the way that he's an off ball linebacker, but also like he, he can play middle linebacker, but also be like arguably the best pure pass rusher in the league is crazy. And I think that by the end of this season, if, you know, he keeps outperforming Aaron Donald and, and Miles Garrett, um and tj watt who's injured uh we will this will be a different a different argument for me i think aaron Donald just done too much so i have to say aaron Donald and leave it i'm taking it micah parsons is the most he micah parsons can do everything and they can put him in so many different places on the field um or the word i was looking for was versatile micah parsons can come at you from so many different angles and he's the most impactful player on the defensive side in football. Um, my question to you, Gus, if Michael Parsons were to win defensive player of the year, would you regard him as the best defensive player in football? Yeah. I mean, okay. It's like, I'm not, the thing is, is like with a lot of these things, including the wide receiver one, I don't believe he's not, but I don't believe, but I can't like definitively say that he's better than some of these other guys, even though I believe impactful i agree i think he is the most impactful and but this is a best question and so i'm taking aaron donald very slightly which so you would put a second year guy in the same tier as a guy who's been regarded as the best at his position for like i think he's considered by many to be one of like the top two defensive players of all time top three defensive players of all time um i think like at this moment i think prime aaron donald it's not a question it's it's aaron donald aaron donald is still in his prime but like like two years ago, 
We're talking about a guy who like 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 twenty plus sacks from the D tackle position. Well, that Aaron Donald is. Yeah, but is that him or is that just because the offenses and coaches just realized like we have to double him every time? They weren't doing that when he was getting. Yeah, but I mean, like that's why he could be considered the most impactful. I don't know. It's an impossible discussion. I'm leaving it. You're taking it. Final hot take. Take it or leave it. The MLB is the worst pro sports organization in the United States. In terms of major pro sports, I think that's really what we're discussing here. I don't even think it's a hot take. I'm taking it 100% of the time. We're talking NBA. I think it's very well run. I really think Adam Silver does a very good job. And obviously, no one's going to love the commissioner or anything. But Adam Silver, I think, is probably the most well-liked commissioner of the major sports. Roger Goodell is is not very well liked by the public, but and I think that I would say, you know, the way the NFL has handled some of these criminal cases uh, has been pretty um, disappointing and frustrating and unsatisfying. That's what I would say, and I think you probably agree with me in that sense. But the NFL, in a sense, is like from a sports perspective, I think is what we're really looking at. Because the NFL just has way more players and just tends to have much more of the criminal side of things. The MLB is the worst. I know we can talk about the NHL. We're not as well-versed in the NHL. But it's not just Rob Manfred. It's just like, like, I mean, you were making the argument to me that it was literally a rigged league. And, I mean, like, it's pretty clear in, in my eyes that they are juicing the balls or juicing the bats and changing it and, like, they admitted to it last year. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, for me, I I, I would this should be a bigger story. This shouldn't like I mean like we're talking about like a major sports organization that is literally just I know you should go, but it's just like they've admitted to like making the game purposefully unfair. Yeah, I hundred percent take it because um, I'll give you the example of why I think this is so important is because you look at what happened tonight. Um, when we were filming this, Albert Pujols broke the record for, or he, he surpassed 700 home runs. It's a huge milestone. Um, and I'm very happy for Albert Pujols. But the fact that there's a primetime Apple TV game on a Friday with the Dodgers and Albert Pujols is hitting two home runs against the Dodgers? Come on, primetime? Come on. It is so clearly rigged Albert Pujols switched his bat midway through the at bat um for his 699 and I don't want to like say that that bat is juice and the other one wasn't it just seems to me like they want narratives because they can't do anything else their little star Fernando Tatis Jr. being out is terrible for the league um and I just think they can't get headlines because Baseball is just a little bit slow. They tried to speed it up, and all the old fans got mad at them, and so they're in a pickle. And maybe it's baseball, or maybe it's the MLB. But for me, um, I don't think that's the question. I think in terms of marketing, it's baseball, but in terms of the corruption, it's the MLB. Well, also Japan baseball has been growing every single year for the past twenty years, and baseball has been going down. So that's obvious. It's clearly like Japan's doing something right with baseball, and MLB isn't. What's the what's the difference here? So I don't think there's some problems run in the organization. Um, let's move to a better organization, not the greatest organization, but better. Um, so NFL game picks, definitely a sport that we like to talk about a little bit more than baseball. Um, so yeah, Gus, take it away. All right, today I will be giving all the 
uh, lines, home and away teams for all the games. We're going to be making our, our quick picks. All right, let's start off. The Ravens at the New England Patriots. The Ravens are uh, three-point favorites, according to DraftKings, and uh, the over-under is 44 points. I really trust Lamar. I think Lamar had an amazing game against the Dolphins, and it just goes – it just is not talked about because their defense was so bad. Um, I think the Ravens' defense definitely has a ton of holes in it, and the reason I like the Ravens in this game is because if there's one team that's not going to beat your terrible secondary, it's probably the New England Patriots. Um, you needed Nelson Aguilar to make a one-in-a-million catch for them to even remotely be – like to win that game against the Steelers. He scored 17 points with that. Yeah. So, I mean, if any team is going to not beat you deep, it's going to be the Patriots. Um, and I think Lamar Jackson is probably one of the most – if, if Lamar Jackson and the Ravens won that game, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens would be like seven-point favorites. And I'm sure of it. So, I like the Ravens in this game. I don't know about spread, um, but I like the Ravens. I like the Ravens as well. I don't want to go chalk, and it's my Patriots that I love so much. Uh, but the Patriots have struggled with running quarterbacks, especially Lamar. He's exposed them multiple times, and I believe that it will happen again. I just Before the Dolphins had that comeback and before Josh Allen was Josh Allen on Monday Night Football, I was ready to make my Lamar MVP case, but it's Josh Allen right now. Uh, but I was ready to make it. I think there's still a real chance. His passing has improved so much. He looked so, so good against the Dolphins. Um Moving on, we've got the Bills at the Dolphins, who we just talked about. Uh, this is the game of the week, in my opinion. I mean, I think the Bills will win. I have the Bills. They are minus five-point favorites. And uh, at least right now, it's it looks like that's probably a good line. Miami's up and coming for sure. I have the Bills. Uh, the over-under is 53. It's one of the highest of the week as it should be. By the way, the Ravens have 91% of uh, the money on the spread and money line 87% of the bets. And then for this one, the Bills have 82% of the money line bets as well. So two really big favorites here. I really like the Bills in this game. I think the Bills are going to... Um, I was listening to Ryan Rosillo this morning, and he was talking about how the Bills are just going to start getting these like college lines. They're going to start being 14 and a half point favorites at some point. Some crazy lines. And I think that they're just going to blow Miami out of the water. And it's just going to really show why they're the best team in football. And I've never in my life seen a team be so favored to win a conference than the Buffalo Bills. It's so interesting how there's probably seven teams in the AFC who could theoretically win it if you looked on paper and the Buffalo bills are still picked by every single person to win that, to win the conference. You look at how well they played against the Tennessee Titans last week without their number two wide receiver, who by the way, scored a touchdown week one and had four touchdowns the game before that in the postseason last year. And they don't even, they're like injured at corner. They don't have Tredavious white. And one of their other quarters got injured in the last game. And they still blew them out of the water. The Buffalo Bills are the best team in football. They're going to crush this game. I'm with you. I, I don't want to go chalk, but 
I think there's like a road where Miami makes this a really good game with Tua or with Tyreek uh, just doing some crazy stuff in Waddle. I mean, we saw Tyreek absolutely pulverize the Bills in last year's playoffs. But if there's any team I trust to okay, – Yeah, me, no, I, I, I'm picking the Bills, and I'm very confident of it. But I, I think it'll be an interesting game. Uh, but the Bills have owned the Dolphins. With that, let's take our first break of the podcast, and we'll be back in a couple minutes. Just kidding. We're going to be back after one ad. Get ready. All right, welcome back, guys. Now we've got the Bengals at the Jets. Jets coming off a shock upset. Garrett Wilson's breakout game. Hopefully for my fantasy team, he can continue it. The Bengals are six-point favorites on the road. I think if they had not had such a rough start and the Jets had not had such an upstart week last week, this would be something like a 10-point line. Bengals are 0-2. The Jets are 1-1. Who would have thought that the Bengals have a worse record than Jets at any point in this year? And Joe Flacco has a almost a 17 higher passer rating than Joe Burrow this season. Crazy. They're averaging the same number of yards per attempt. Regardless, the Bengals have 86% of the money line bets in this game, and or money line uh, money, and uh, 68% of the uh, money line money, 86% of the spread money. How do you feel? I think the Bengals are going to break out of this terrible, um, I don't know what you would call it, but rut the, the get out of this rut that they're in um, but yeah the, the Bengals are going to absolutely dominate this game um i don't even want to talk about it that much it's just like the jets don't have a great rushing um or pass rush and the Bengals only lose when they have face teams that have really good pass rushes because their offensive line is well i don't know abysmal terrible um so yeah um joe burrow looks good um, towards the end of that game, there was a really good drive where they were on like the eight yard line or something uh, within the 10. They drove all the way down the field. Joe Burrow made like a bunch of really good passes. That was really surprised to see because I feel like I haven't seen very many from him this year. Um, and it, it was nice to see T Higgins caught that touchdown. And I was like, oh, that's the Bengals I know. And um, yeah, that's what it's going to look like for every drive against the Jets because the Jets and the Giants are flukes, and it's, they're not going to get a new winning. So uh, Bengals are going to win this game by, like, two touchdowns. I don't want to keep agreeing with you, Guy, on the right, but I'm picking the Bengals. I think it will be – I would pick the Bengals spread as well. I think they're going to win by at least 10 points probably. Um, it's – yeah, <laughs> they're just a better football team, and eventually that's going to – they're going to win. So I'll take the, uh, the Bengals. Uh, we've got Saints-Panthers. Saints at Panthers. Carolina, 2.5 point underdogs to the Saints. Uh, most of the pretty much all the money and bets in this game are on New Orleans or all the all the different levels of betting. The they like New Orleans in this game. Yeah, and so do I. Um, <laughs> New Orleans is a better football team. The Carolina Panthers might be worse than the Bears. Gonna throw it out there. Um, I hate the Panthers. Like genuinely, I think they're just terrible. Um and I think New Orleans, you know, they played a pretty good game against the Bucs. They just couldn't score because of injuries. Um, but holding Tom Brady to that little of points, and he looked – Tom Brady looked bad. I'm not going to lie. Like, he looked bad against the Saints. Um, and sure, like, yeah, the Saints own him or yada, yada, yada. Um, but they're playing Baker Mayfield this week. So if you're even thinking that Carolina – 
oh, yeah, Carolina, they're going to come in and stomp over the New Orleans Saints with Christian. It's not happening. Um, Saints have a better defense, and Chris Olave is, like, one catch away from having, like, they're two catches away from putting up, like, 140 yards. So, um, yeah, he has, like, one of the most air yards in the NFL. So, anyways, I just want to say New Orleans Saints are going to win this game. There's going to be a Chris Olave breakout. That's my hot take, I guess. Um, and, yeah, maybe the New Orleans Saints are going to win this game. Chalk four in a row. I'm not going chalk this week. I think the Saints are the better team. The Panthers are going to upset them. Christian McCaffrey is going to have his his back to Christian McCaffrey moment, and it's going to be against one of the best defenses in football. And we're going to realize that maybe he is the best running back in football, or at least a top three running back. And the haters are going to die down a little bit. He's angry. He's angry going into this game, and he's going to run and play angry. And the Panthers are going to finally give him the ball 25 times, and this is going to be his game where he carries them to a victory over the New Orleans Saints, whose offense looked so bad last week, like so bad. And I think they did they put up three points. I think they put up three points, right? Was it 20 to three or was it 20 to 10? Uh, I, I, it doesn't matter. Their offense is terrible. And Jameis is playing with four fractures in his back. I think the Saints are the better team, but I'm picking the Panthers at home. I, I don't know. I love McCaffrey. I think McCaffrey shines and they win. They put Detroit, up I think that hurts your argument. I'm just kidding. What, what did you say? They put up 10. But I, oh, they put up 10. Oh no, 10 points. Shiver me, Timbers. Um, the Lions at the Vikings. This is a fairly popular upset pick, even though it is minus six in Minnesota's favor. Almost all of these bets and money are on the Lions. It has one of the highest totals of the week. What do you think? Yeah, I like the Lions in this game. Um, I think DeAndre Swift is probably. I don't know if he's underrated anymore, but DeAndre Swift is going to creep up into that conversation of being a top seven back in the next couple of weeks for sure, especially if he keeps this up. Um, And I don't know. The Vikings looked really, really bad against um, my favorite team, second favorite team in the NFL, um, the Philadelphia Eagles. And, you know, there's a lot of hype around the Detroit Lions, and I doubted them last week. And... I don't know. I, I feel like this team is pretty good. Um, I don't think they're as bad as I thought they were. And Jared Goff might be a competent quarterback. And Amon Ross St. Brown is one of the best wide receivers in football. And it's undeniable at this point. You can say he's a slot merchant, but we've been saying that about Cooper Cup. We said it all last year. And then he was a Super Bowl MVP. So Amon Ross St. Brown's really good. DeAndre Swift's really good. Jared Goff is, well, good enough. And um, I don't know. Maybe they cracked the formula of how to beat the Vikings and hold Justin Jefferson down because the the um, Eagles did it really well last week. So maybe they cracked the code. I like the Detroit Lions as the upset this week. Interesting. See, I like the Lions as an upset, but I'm picking the Vikings. Uh, I think that they are the better football team, and we've said that about a lot of things. I think Kirk Cousins had a really bad game, but this is a this is not prime. This is a 10 a.m. game. In Minneapolis, Minnesota. <laughs> Kirk Cousins has no pressure issues here. And the Lions are not going to provide too much pressure on the quarterback, I don't think. Even though Aiden Hutchinson did have a really good game, and even though they were cleanup sacks, they were getting some pressure on the quarterback. Um, I liked how they played. I liked how they played this season. I think I this this is the most confident bet I have all week if I was betting. Taking the over of this game. Uh, it's 52 and a half. The Lions have put up at least 35 points in each of their last three games dating back to last season. And their offense just looks really, really good. So I like them to score 30-plus maybe even, but uh, I think the Vikings still win. Dalvin Cook's going to get back. 
Justin Jefferson's going to get back, even though Jeff Okuda's also looked really good. I like the Lions, uh, but I'm taking the Vikings in this game. Is, wait, is it 52 and a half, not like the highest point total? Oh, it is like the, the second, highest? second highest. I think Bills Dolphins is 53. Yeah, it's 53. Um, besides that, I believe it is the highest, though. Yeah, it's it's a it's a yeah. So that I means start everyone in fantasy in this game. Yeah, that game is going to go. Start feeling. Start with running back. Yeah. All right. Uh, Chiefs at Colts. Look, let's not discuss this one too much. Chiefs are going to win. Yeah. Um. This game is really interesting though because the line is only at five and a half, where the Colts haven't won a game yet, and the Chiefs have looked like just as good as the um, Bills have this year so far, if not better. I mean, they've blown out. Uh, they blew out the Cardinals and then played super well against. I mean, maybe I guess you can say they were lucky, but um, they played the Chargers super tough, and a lot of people think the Chargers are one of the best teams in the league. Um, I think something that's really interesting about this game, um, so the the coach of the Colts said that they um, they want to play this like certain coverage of defense that Patrick Mahomes just always beats, and he's significantly better at. Um, and he said he's going to continue playing it against him. Um, Anyways, the, the Chiefs are going to absolutely dominate. Every he, could, sing- hey, he could be lying. He could be lying. Every single – no, 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 no. He, 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 like, bragged about how well it worked last year when he was on the Raiders, and then they scored, like, 40 points against the Raiders. Are you talking about the D coordinator or the coach? The defensive coordinator. Okay, but, well, yeah, I agree. Chiefs are going to blow him out. Yeah. Um, um, this is Schuster this week, by the way. This is the this is the craziest bet I think like betting stuff I've seen. Ninety three percent of the handle, ninety three percent of the bets for spread, and then ninety one percent and ninety three percent of the handle and bets for the money line. Uh, crazy, crazy. Uh, the betters love the Chiefs this week. And you know what that means? That means the Colts are probably going to win this game. <laughs> I'm so serious. That's a, that's how major major sports we talk about like the MLB. It's gonna happen. I as much as I think the Chiefs on paper are gonna win this game by like thirty. I I mean, if the Colts win this game, I, it's completely rigged. I would just say here's an interesting stat going into this game. Matt Ryan has half the passer rating that Patrick Mahomes does going into this game. Moving on, <laughs> Raiders at Titans. Derrick Henry has had a rough time this year. Will he bounce back? Derrick Carr's had a rough time. Ryan Tannehill's had a rough time. I mean, like, everyone in this game is looking for a bounce back. Money and all that stuff's on the Raiders. Uh, I have the Raiders on the road as well, bouncing back. These two, both teams are 0-2. One of them is not going to go 0-3 unless there's a tie. I'm picking the Raiders. Yeah, the Raiders got super unlucky in the last game. Um, they were winning pretty much the entire game, and there were some really weird calls um, they had the most athletic player in football do some crazy stuff to them at the end of the game. Um, Ryan Tannehill is not Kyler Murray, um, breaking news. So that's just not going to happen this week. And Derrick Henry looks, I mean, I don't know about awful, but I mean, he hasn't done anything. So I'm not really worried about Derrick Henry anymore, especially against a really good pass rush um, from the Raiders so far. And Devontae Adams did Literally nothing besides that touchdown in the first quarter last game. So I expect a bounce back from him against the Tennessee defense. That's not looks good so far. Um, give me the Raiders, and I like it by a lot. 
Yeah, I like it convincingly as well. They're only two and a half point favorites. I would be smashing that line. I I love it. I think it will be a pretty big win for the Raiders. But we never know what the Titans are going to win just because we said that. Uh, we got the Eagles at the Commanders. The Eagles have looked like one of the best teams in football. They got all the bets on them. They are six point favorites in this game on the road. One of the biggest uh, lines of the week, especially for a road team. Uh, I know you love the Eagles. Come on. Oh, yeah. The Eagles are just going to – I mean, okay, here's the thing. Everyone's on the over on this game, but honestly, it's a divisional matchup. They know each other well. I would not be surprised if this is like a low-scoring game. Um, I I don't know. I don't really like the minus six either. It doesn't make me feel that confident. But the Eagles have looked so good. I'm not going to bet against them. I think they're going to be good. And the thing that I will say is that the Eagles' defense is going to lock up Carson Wentz. Because Carson Wentz has been so Mickey Mouse the first two weeks. It's two terrible defenses and put up insane numbers. Carson Wentz is going to revert back to his old ways and going to have a terrible game. And all of those guys that you thought, oh, Jahan Dotson with his three targets and two touchdowns. No, those guys are going to have one catch for 10 yards this game. I would not be surprised if Terry McLaurin has like 30 yards. Um, and the Eagles defense is ridiculous, but would not be surprised if this game is low scoring in general. Um, I, I think it's an interesting take. I think it's interesting to also just point to the revenge game narrative that this has for Carson Wentz or for the Eagles. There's a lot of like bad blood between them. It was not a, you know, a happy divorce that they had. It was, it was like, neither of them was happy. All these like shots being traded. Um, I think there's that narrative. Um, Philly's a better team. I'm taking Philly. I, I'd love to pick the commanders, but Philly's better and I'm picking Philly and I think they will win this game. We've got, it's got to be the worst, the, the least talented matchup of the week. Don't need to take too much time on it. It's the Texans and the Bears. The over-under is 39.5. The Bears are three-point favorites at home. Yeah, I, I really like the Houston Texans in this game. Um, you know, despite it being in Soldier Field, I just think that the offensive weapons, especially like Pierce looks great. I think he's one of the highest-graded players in running backs in football. Um, I know there was reports today saying that like all of those guys, I don't know, Travis Kelsey was talking about how um, organizations are paying PFF and these people to raise grades because they use it um, in contracts and stuff. So maybe we shouldn't be looking at that too much. Um, but anyways, Damien Pierce has looked great. Now they're actually getting off of Rex Burkhead because there was some weird usage of Rex Burkhead week one. I don't know what was going on there, but Damien Pierce looked great. Um, and their coach was talking about how Damian Pierce is like the only player who actually looked good in their uh, match against the Broncos. And if they're holding the Broncos to that little of points um, and they're playing the Broncos really, really hard, I don't see how they lose to the Bears. Um, because just they, they don't trust Justin Fields. Justin Fields has thrown the 33rd um, most, or I guess you could say, yeah, 33rd most passing attempts in football. There's 32 teams. How's that possible? Um, yeah, sure, like they played in like a flood or whatever. Um, but they don't trust Justin Fields, so why would I trust the Bears? They don't even trust their quarterback, so yeah. I'm going right against you, bud. I got the Bears in this game. Um, I think they're a gritty team, not Justin Jefferson gritty, but like they're going to grit the game out. Mike Gusecki gritty. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're a Mike Gusecki gritty team. That's a great – I love that. Um 
I know it was a total rainstorm when they beat the Niners, but I don't know. I think Montgomery looked really, really good last week against the Packers, who have a pretty solid defense. Um, I like their run game. Khalil Herbert's also a really nice player, even though their O-line's not great. I think they let Fields open it up a little more. And I think Darnell Mooney bounces back. Cole Komet, who has not a single catch on two targets through two games, maybe gets going. Uh, and I think the Bears win this game. I know they're favored. I like them at home. Um, and I think Fields has been pretty clearly more efficient than Davis Mills, but he just hasn't thrown a lot of passes. So I expect him to, you know, he's not going to be a great passer. But I do believe that they'll beat the Texans. It'll be a close one, though. We got the Jaguars at the Chargers. I'd love to pick Jacksonville. Chargers only three-point favorites. If Justin Herbert does not play, I would pick the Jaguars. I know that's it sounds crazy, but I would take the Jaguars um, on the road. I just think it's a really interesting uh, upset pick. But assuming Justin Herbert plays, it's the Chargers. Yeah, I like the Chargers in this game no matter what. I don't care if Keenan Allen isn't playing. I don't care if Chase Daniels are starting quarterback. The Chargers are the better team. Their defense is significantly better. They're going to crush Trevor Lawrence. And they still have offensive weapons, even if Chase Daniel, the most over... The the smartest guy um, contract-wise ever, period. Like, life-wise, get out of football, made the most money doing nothing. Um, I like Chase Daniel. Um, I... I don't, I don't know, I don't love him, but I, I don't hate him. Um, I think they're going to win this game regardless. Um, I think Jacksonville slightly overrated right now. Got uh, I mean, I'm not saying they're not overrated at the moment, but a three-point line is really weird to me. If Herbert plays, I would definitely be, be surprised if Jacksonville keeps it within three points. Uh, but I think this line is taking into account his injury because if not at home, the Chargers are definitely going to be favored by a lot more than that. So I think it's interesting. Now we've got the Bucks and the Packers, one of the best games of the week. Green Bay is visiting Tampa, Florida. One of the best games of the week. What? It's going to be one of the most boring games of the week. Well, there's no offensive weapons in this game, unfortunately, because Mike Evans is suspended and the Packers don't really have anyone else and Godwin's hurt. But uh, I still think it could be just the – I feel like this is a really like quarterback versus quarterback battle. I'm taking the Buccaneers and my guy Tom Brady. They're minus one and a half at home, which – Basically means this game would be pretty much even if maybe the Packers would even be favored on yeah, neutral the ground. Packers would be favored if they were playing at home. Well, at a- home, yes, but on neutral ground, like yeah, yeah. About, like Super Bowl. I don't know. Regardless, um, you know, Tom Brady in the Super Bowl would be favored, but anyway, yeah. that's true. He would be. Uh, I'm taking the Bucks because their defense has just looked unreal through two weeks, um, and you know. Antoine Winfield moving more into a slot role and improving his coverage skills. Their secondaries look so much better. Mike Edwards, Jamel Dean, these guys have looked like these guys who I've seen get burned time and time again while watching Bucks games the last few years just look so much better. Um, maybe Todd Bowles becoming the coach was exactly what they needed on the defensive side of things. I don't know if Brady's bounce back game is today. He might still just have to go game manager mode, but um, you know, at, at a certain point, even though I think Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback, the Bucks have owned the Packers over the last few years. And I think they will do it again. I think they I think they win. So I like the Green Bay Packers in this game. And I think that's due to a few reasons. First off, Tom Brady looked terrible despite having Mike Evans last week. Um, so I think the only way I would say that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win this game is if they bring Gronkowski back out of retirement. Um, <laughs> he would get like 20 targets or something crazy. Um, but anyways, 
I think that even despite having Mike Evans, their offense looked terrible. And now that they don't have Mike Evans, it's just going to look even worse. Um, and the Green Bay Packers proved to me last week that they can win without a good wide receiver because they have these two stud running backs. Um, and I think the only way, um, I, I think like someone like AJ Dillon might get wrapped up, um, but they don't need AJ Dillon when they have a guy like Aaron Jones who can do both really well, where he can do um, receiving and uh, running the ball. So I like that a favor a little bit more. Um, but yeah, this game is really tight. Um, I don't feel great about it. Interesting. I've been back and forth, but I do like the Bucks in that game. This one's an interesting, albeit boring game. Uh, the Falcons at the Seahawks. Seahawks looked really good in week one. Not so great in uh, week two. Falcons uh, have you know, been in both games they've played. And that's why I'm picking them this week, even though I think they might have the worst roster in football. Kyle Pitts is going to, at some point, they've got to give him the ball. It's crazy the the lack of usage he's getting. And Drake London has looked the part of the eighth overall pick. I was a little low on him compared to his draft, uh, draft price at, uh, you know, coming out of college. I think the injury risk and, you know, he's not as good a separator as someone like Garrett Wilson, but he's looked amazing. And I assume he'll look amazing again in this game. And I'll pick the uh, Falcons as one-point underdogs on the road. Yeah, I also really like the Falcons in this game. Um, and I think the Falcons are a much better team than the Seahawks. Um, and I know that sounds crazy. I think that they can. They sh- probably should spread the ball around a little bit more. I mean, Drake London had, what, like 12 targets out of the t- 25 that pass- passing attempts that Mariota had last week. Um so that just goes to show that literally one out of two times that Marietta throws the ball, it's going to Drake London. So if they can do that and still score, like, what, 28 points against one of the best defenses in football last week, I don't see how they don't do it against one of the worst defenses in football. I literally like the Falcons in this game, and we haven't even seen what Kyle Pitts can do in the receiving game. So, um, yeah, I like it all from all aspects. Falcons are 2-0-0 against the spread this season as well as are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, we've got our last few games. We're going to motor right through this. We've got the Rams at the Cardinals. Cardinals are three-and-a-half-point underdogs. Most of the money is on, and the bets are on the Rams in this game. What do you think? I really like the Rams in this game. Um, I think the Rams should be favored by a lot more than three-and-a-half. I think the Cardinals' win was so lucky. It was extremely lucky. I think they played a bad game throughout and Kyler Murray just say completely saved their um I don't know if they completely saved their season or whatever it's week two or week three um but Kyler Murray won them that game and there's going to be a lot more pressure coming from um the Rams this week and I I just trust Cooper Cup I trust I, I trust trust Matthew Stafford um more than I do Derek Carr especially in the clutch um so i like the rams and i like them by a lot um cliff kingsbury is bad at home he has a worse win record at home by a lot um i don't know what the exact stat is but um yeah so i really like the rams i'm i I don't want to keep agreeing with you but you're right uh the cardinals got bailed out by kyler murray i don't think they were they are well coached i don't think they are super talented as a you know roster um, I like the Rams. I like the Rams convincingly. They've owned this uh, this team, it, this this Cardinals team over the last few years, uh, and I think they will do it again. I, I Kyler's a magician, but the Rams are going to win this game. 
Uh, Niners at Broncos. It's a Sunday night football game. Come on. Who are we picking, Mikey? Who are we picking? Um, I like the Broncos in this game. And as much as I love the 49ers, and I'm – I don't know. All week I was saying – or at least I was thinking that the 49ers are going to dominate this game. Um, there's just something that Russell Wilson has against Kyle Shanahan and the Niners. And they just look so bad that – okay, Nathaniel Hackett is one of the most – respected guys in football um, amongst the like front offices. He cannot look this – he's not this bad. Um, I think he's just getting used to coaching in the NFL. It's not easy. It's very different from um, – it's one of the hardest uh, – it's probably the hardest thing to coach. And I, I think I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I think he's going to come back and not screw up a primetime game this time. Um, and I like the Broncos a little bit more. I don't – George Kittle is playing. Um, I don't like this pick very much. I just Russell Wilson plays really well against the 49ers. They were two and zero against the 49ers last week. The Seahawks were. Um, so give me the Broncos. San Francisco. I'm picking the 49ers. Come on. I was really confident you were going to pick the 49ers. Actually, that's why I gave that lead, and I was like so ready for you to be like, Niners are going to kill them. You give a convincing argument. I do think Russell Wilson will bounce back. I think the Broncos will look better. I think Cortland Sutton will have a big game. Jimmy G is the best game manager in the league, and he will manage the Niners to a win in this game. They're just – I just don't – I'm not going to pick against the Niners. I think they're the better football team. I think they're going to win the game. And why not? I like the Niners, so why would I not pick them? I, I just think they're a better football team. I think they have a better roster. Um, but I do think Denver has a good roster, but they've just played better. Niners looked really good last week. The Broncos against probably a worse team or like similar caliber team almost lost. So I'm picking the 49ers. Uh, the Broncos will bounce back and be better, but I'm still picking the Niners. Final game of the week. It's Monday night, Dallas at the New York Giants. Dallas is one point underdogs. The Giants are favored for what's got to be the first time in a while. Um, especially against the Cowboys. It's got to be like five years since they've been favored against the Cowboys. Um, since like the prime Eli Manning days, at least. But uh Giants are two and oh and two oh and oh against the spread. Uh both these teams are not amazing offenses. <laughs> the over under is at 39 points. What do you think? Yeah, I really, really like the Dallas Cowboys in this game. And the Giants are I don't know if they're overrated, but they're not as good as their rankings say. As I said earlier, New York, you know, you can have your moment, but just remember it's week two, um, and this is not going to continue for the rest of the season. Um, you know, I love Saquon Barkley. I think it's reasonable to say that he's the best running back in football, but the Dallas Cowboys are 2-0 and with Cooper Rush, and I'm riding with Cooper Rush. They're more talented offensively, um, and although the Giants' run blocking has actually been very good this year, um, I think that Micah Parsons, as I said earlier on the podcast, is the most impactful defender in the, in the league, and I think that he's just going to stop Saquon Barkley. Um, I think they can stop Saquon Barkley, and they don't have much outside of that because Daniel Jones is probably the 35th best quarterback in football. So I like the Dallas Cowboys to smash. So what you're saying is he should be throwing the ball the amount of times that Justin Fields throws the ball. 
No, he should he shouldn't be throwing the football. Is what I'm saying. Fair point. I, I'm with you. Uh, look, the Giants are like the honeymoon, amazing story, Cinderella. Like, how are they two and zero type of story? Give me the Cowboys. The defense for Dallas has looked really good. Trayvon Diggs, imperfect. But did we expect perfect? We expected atrocious coverage, and he's been okay. He's been pretty solid in he's coverage. Been great last game, like absolutely, he was a phenomenal last game. And Jamar Chase just made some great plays. T. Higgins making some great plays, but like you can't ask him to do that much more in a secondary where he's literally like the only strong piece, in my opinion. And the he's greatest part, about, he wasn't even like arrogant about it either. Like he pretty clearly locked up Jamar Chase most of the game and was very steady, not being super aggressive like most corners are in the league. I don't know. I like Trayvon. Rare, rare cornerback humbleness. It doesn't happen a lot. I'm big in the Cowboys, so I think their defense has looked amazing. And watch Micah Parsons prove to me that he is the best defensive player in the league. Uh, I love Saquon. Um, but, I mean, Cooper Rush can be 3-0 as a starter, and we're going to be – did you see the Jerry Jones thing? They're, like, going to – he wants a quarterback competition between Dak and Cooper Rush. That would be the craziest thing this NFL season, if there's a quarterback competition. I, I don't know. I can't say that Dak Prescott – uh, I can't say that Cooper Rush is better than Dak Prescott, but I'm also not going to say that the Cowboys are a lot worse without Dak Prescott. Um, so I think it might go both ways, but I don't think Dak Prescott is the answer in Dallas. I'm just going to throw it out there. He's got not- a lot of money. They're on a lot hook for a lot of money with that man. All right. Well, those are our game picks. Those are our take it's or our leave it. I guess our takes or our leaves is a better way to frame that. But we will see you next time. Hopefully these game picks go a little bit better, and hopefully I get them all right and you get all the ones we differed on. Right? Yeah, plus three right now, so I hope I can keep the streak up. Hopefully I can extend that to uh, how many differences do we have, like four? I think we had five. All right. So, uh, so Dallas, Niners. Uh, no, Dallas was we, – we agreed on Dallas. No, no, no. Wait, wait. So Niners. It was the Niners. Um, it was the Packers. It was the Bears. It was the Vikings and it was the Saints. Wow. All right. Five differences this week. More than we've had. So uh, we'll catch you guys next time after my game picks all hit and Mikey's only hit half the time. See you guys next time. Bye-bye. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.